The LA Clippers lost another game without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. This one probably the most embarrassing loss of the season. Is it finally time to start calling people out and asking when the stars are going to come back? Going to get into this blowout and more on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I am your host, Darian Viziri, starting out this new week, my 18th season as a Clipper fan. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. And of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for more Clipper content and sports content. And of course, remember to subscribe to the Locked On Clippers YouTube. It's the fastest way to grow the show. And make sure to comment on today's pin question. And that is, how much do you believe that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are actually hurt and can't play, and how much do you believe it's the organization being overly cautious? Because something has to give right now, and I'm going to be talking about that in this episode more towards the end. going to start out by talking about the game real quick and just how much of an atrocity it was for the Clippers and how embarrassing it ended up being, and then going to be talking about some positives, the very few positives from the game, and then the main questions. Where are Kawhi Leonard and Paul George Enough, is enough enough? I'm going to be honestly venting a little bit and speaking for a lot of Clipper fans because this, I have never seen, and I don't like to usually let social media influence what I'm going to say on this show, but I have never seen a response from Clipper fans like I saw on Saturday on Twitter. It was just anarchy. And it was just simply everyone being fed up of the current situation going on with the Clippers. And right now, the Clippers are not selling out games. And this game against Sacramento was nowhere near a sellout. It was 87% attendance, 16,587 based on ESPN um, ESPN's number. But let's talk about the game. So the Sacramento Kings are red hot coming into town. I want to emphasize that because a lot of people might say, Clippers got blown out by the Kings. They're so weak. The Sacramento Kings are playing an amazing brand of basketball right now. And obviously everybody knows about De'Aaron Fox and how well he's been playing this season. But DeMontis Sabonis has really stepped up. And Mike Brown has really, you know, given this team a little bit of an identity. And right now they're playing as confident of basketball as I've seen the Sacramento Kings franchise play since probably the Mike Bibby days when I first started watching ball. Like they are really playing with a, with a sense of confidence. And you can just tell, I always say this, but when a team is doing a little bit better than you expect and then you see them play against your team, you can see the vibes right away. You can see why they've been winning and the confidence of certain guys being through the roof. You can just feel it. You can see it. And the Sacramento Kings, from the first quarter, they showed that. They ran the Clippers out of the gym. And the Clippers, obviously, without Norman Powell again, no Kawhi, no Paul George, no Luke Kennard. And what did I say about games without those guys? It's going to take Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris to create the load as shot creators. 
if they don't play well, you're going to need John Wall plus other guys to play over and over their ability. You know, play out of their skin a little bit. And the only players that really played decently in this game for the Clippers to me, as far as the regular rotation guys, were Terrence Mann and Ivica Zubats. Other than that, they got the Clippers just got absolutely embarrassed. You know, this was an afternoon game on Saturday at Staples Center, and the fans. I feel bad for every single fan that paid money to go to this game because it was it was one of those performances where you can honestly say, without it being an exaggeration, that the guys just didn't come to play. They didn't show up. They might as well have not even played. And that's not even harsh. I mean, I think what happened was they missed shots in the beginning of the game. And they, their defensive intensity just suffered as a result. And I talked about Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, when they don't hit shots, how are they impacting the game? Marcus Morris this season has been better laterally, better defensively than in most seasons that he's played for the Clippers. Reggie Jackson, when he's not hitting shots, he's not really defending. And in this game, you know, the Sacramento Kings, when they would get stops, they did a really good job of getting out in transition when the Clippers were cross-matched. And when I say cross-matched, that means when you're in transition, you don't have time to get back to your guy. So you just take the closest guy around you, and it ends up being a guy like John Wall guarding DeMontis Sabonis. You know, that happened uh, on one occasion. And DeMontis Sabonis really set a tone for Sacramento in this game early on. 12 points, I believe, in the first quarter, or 15 points in the first quarter, and just dominating. And I think that's why... I. A little bit of Itza Zubat didn't have as good of a game as normal, but he still had six points in the first quarter for the Clips. Terrence Mann also had six points in the first quarter for the Clips. But what did I say against Utah? I said if Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris Sr. don't play well, Clippers are not going to win games without Norman Powell, Kawhi, and Paul George, and Luke Kennard. It's just not going to happen. And Sr. and Reggie looked gassed again. And I think the minutes are really finally starting to get to these guys. They're having to play far above what was supposed to be asked of them before the season started. They're having to carry the Clippers for a second consecutive season on the offensive end. It's just not how it ex- it was expected to go. You know, Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris Sr. airballing on the same possession, not even five minutes into a game, tells me that they're just not the freshest they can be. And Reggie Jackson, you know, had to step out of the game for a second with a little back injury, I believe it was. He was injured, came back onto the court. But it's just what I don't understand is, and I get the reasoning, it's because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are the $40 million assets that the Clippers need to protect so desperately, but it's not fair when a guy like Reggie Jackson is busting their butt year in, year out, game in, game out, and he's playing through injury while these guys, you know, when they're not 99%, I'm sorry, if they're 99.9% and not 100%, they're sitting out games. Now, that I'm gonna that topic about whether they're 100 percent or not, I'm gonna get into later in the show. But the point the point is they these Clipper players cannot continue like this. They cannot continue relying on Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris so much. They were just gassed, they were missing shots they normally make. And the Kings, you know, are just an informed team right now. Kevin Herter is playing amazing basketball. De'Aaron Fox is playing amazing basketball. And, you know, Malik Monk came in. And he was a player that I thought was probably the third best player for the Lakers last season. And he's averaging 14 points a game this season for Sacramento. And Jim Jackson set a career high in assists. And he came in and started making some really tough shots. Although it's not totally out of Malik Monk's ability to make those shots. I saw him play all of last season with the Lakers. He makes tough shots. He had this one step back, pullback, contested three that was really pretty. And he totally just destroyed us. There was even one really nice lob to USC alumni Chemezi Metu where I just looked at the Kings out there, and I'm like, man, these guys are rolling. They're playing with such confidence. 
And the Clippers bench didn't do much better. You saw them go 10 deep with John Wall, Nico Batum, Robert Covington, Brandon Boston, and Musa Diabate. And, you know, right away, it didn't really end up doing anything. I mean, the Clippers got outscored 22-14 to 14 in the second quarter. 14 points in the second quarter. The Clips were down 60-38 to 38 at halftime. The game was pretty much over in the first half. And, you know, I actually looked back... I actually looked back at the shots from the starters, just the shots, you know, one after the other from individual players. And here's what I, I marked down. Amir Coffey just missed some layups that he normally makes. He was one for five in the game. Didn't have a good game at all. It's two straight games. He wasn't very good, but he was just missing shots at the rim that he usually makes. So I'm not that concerned about that because I always say the process is more important than the results sometimes. Uh, I know that sounds like a loser mentality, some might say, but I think that long term, you know, this one result isn't a big deal. It's about, in terms of Amir Coffey's individual performance, it's not about one game that he played bad against Sacramento. If he's doing the wrong things on the basketball court, that's a little bit different. But he's not doing the wrong things on the basketball court, in my opinion. At least he didn't in this game on offense. Other guys... Marcus Morris Sr., another tough shooting night for him. And the Clippers, you know, I feel bad for Sr. because he started out the season so well. He's kind of fallen off the last couple of games. He's just in a slump, in my opinion. And that's going to be okay. I think he'll get out of it, no problem. But he was just missing shots that he always makes. Almost all of them were contested, though. But that's that's what Marcus, that's his shot diet. He takes contested shots, contested mid-ranges. The thing is, he could be getting a lot more open shots if the Clippers had their star players on the court to create those open shots for him. Besides him, it's just Reggie Jackson in that starting lineup. And he's, you know, Terrence Mann is not much of a shot creator. So, I do want to say, though, Terrence Mann... Six points in the first quarter, actually played well, and he actually showed some nice spin moves uh, on the drive. You know, when guys would cut off his right hand, he would spin towards the left and vice versa. So I liked seeing a little bit more offensive one-on-one confidence from Terrence Mann. He actually had a pretty good game. He was 6 for 13 in the game with 13 points, 6 boards, and 3 assists. So I am happy to see Terrence Mann at least have an efficient game. And again, he's been very efficient all season. And then, you know... Reggie Jackson, you know, clearly played hurt, but a lot of the shots that he took were were good looks. You know, I thought three of them were bad shots, but other than that, pretty good shots. He was one for 12 in the game. And if you combine Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson, they were three for 23. So there is the story of the game offensive for the Clippers. At halftime, the Clips were shooting 28.6% and the Kings were shooting 55%. They never could find a way back. They didn't start the third quarter well. It was just an off night from the starters. And in transition, they were just getting cooked. The Kings were first to every loose ball. Just the team that seemed like they wanted it more. One team didn't show up and another team did. And the Sacramento Kings beat the Clippers handedly, 123-96. to There were, however, some positives in the game for the Clippers late in that third quarter. Going to be talking about those and hopefully how they can translate into the next game coming up. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Always wanted to drive an Alfa Romeo or Rolls-Royce? You can maybe get those at Turo. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. 
Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip or just your classic luxury car you've always wanted to try out. Remember, this is not a rental car service. It's a car sharing marketplace. You can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Test drive that new electric vehicle like a Chevy Volt or a Nissan Leaf that you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go behind, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So... Let's continue to talk about some of the positives you saw later in that third quarter, and that's Brandon Boston and Musa Diabate again. It's good to see Brandon Boston Jr. have two consecutive good games. It's good to see him shoot efficiently. He had 18 points, shot 6 for 13 from the field, 4 for 6 from 3, and then Musa Diabate, 4 points, 5 rebounds. Had a, I'm pretty sure he scored on a putback layup. As far as some of the other guys in the team, you know, you saw Jason Preston play 15 minutes in garbage time. He was four for nine with nine points, so good to see him score a little bit. But as for guys like Robert Covington, Nico Batum, and John Wall off the bench, don't think they did much. I mean, John Wall, three for six in the field, 12 points. He was okay. I'm happy he was five for five from the line, though. It's good to see him start to make free throws more recently. Robert Covington. Really didn't like, did not like the way he played. Seven points, four rebounds, and four assists in this game. He was three for 11 from the field and 0 for six from three. And I looked at his shot chart. Two of them were terrible shots. Many of them were with 10 plus seconds on the shot clock. But overall, he'd still missed a lot of good looks short, which again is usually a sign of tired legs. However, Robert Covington hasn't been playing that much, so he shouldn't really have tired legs. But that was really the story of the game, ladies and gentlemen. The Kings just absolutely waxed the Clippers. The only quarter that the Clippers won was the third quarter where they won it 31 to 30. But the Kings, you know, 123 to 96 winners at the Staples Center. And this, the thing that really makes me angry, like really makes me angry, but it's not, it doesn't make me as angry right now, is that at the end of the game, the Kings fans were chanting, light the beam, which is their victory beam that they put above the Golden One Center when they win games. But, you know, you can hear them loud and clear chanting at our home game. Unacceptable, but I can't blame Clipper fans because there's no reason to be enthusiastic right now about what this team is doing and what this team is showing. There's no reason to be enthusiastic. And that performance was, I think every fan, like when, when a team plays like that, I genuinely believe that every fan should get refunded everything they paid if they're a Clipper fan. But, you know, obviously that's not how the world works. They're going to say it was still an experience that you went to an NBA game, not about the result. But, you know, at this point, for me at least, like I, I've been to so many games because the Clipper games are so affordable that, you know, I think that I should get my money <laughs> my money back. At the same time, though, it's, the Clipper games are so cheap, so not really. The point is, like, you're not getting your money's worth as a Clipper fan when they play like that. And I think that the players deserve to hear another the players and the organization deserve to hear another team's fan base take over their stadium like that. I've been to many Sacramento Kings versus Clipper games and never have I heard enough Kings fans to make a real difference on the telecast. That was absolutely embarrassing and the Clippers deserve it by not showing up. But more more than anything, 
putting these players like Zubots, like Senior, like Reggie, through the ringer, while Kawhi Leonard and Paul George game after game are just sitting there and we don't get much information on any updated status. We hear that they're day-to-day every game for two weeks. That's not how day-to-day is supposed to work. That's not how I grew up with day-to-day working. Day-to-day was meaning that he would be coming back, these guys would be coming back any day now. Not that they would be every single game for two, three weeks are questionable to play and you find out one hour before game time from a beat writer that they're not playing. That's not how I grew up uh, watching basketball. It's not. Uh, as for the rest of the Sacramento Kings, you know, another really good performance by them. DeMontis Sabonis had 24 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists on 10 for 11 shooting, and he was 2 for 2 from 3. Just a really, really good game for him, and he had a somewhat slow start to the season, but he has really picked it up. He threw some really nice passes as well. Harrison Barnes, 10 points for him, 4 for 6 in the field. Keegan Murray, 23 points for him, 7 rebounds on 8 for 15 shooting. De'Aaron Fox, 14.6 rebounds and 4 assists on 5 for 12 shooting. So it wasn't even a crazy game from De'Aaron Fox. Kevin Herter, 4 for 8 from the field and 12 points. So all 5 starters for Sacramento in double figures. Chemezi Metu was the 6th man in double figures for the Kings. And the 7th was Malik Monk. You can switch those around, don't matter. Malik Monk had 13 points on 5 for 11 shooting. Overall, the Kings shot 52% from the field and 34% from three. The Clippers shot 35.5% from the field and 27% from three and also turned the ball over 17 times. And again, the main takeaway to me is three for 23, Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson. And there's a real chance that you can try to sit Reggie Jackson in the next game against Charlotte and I believe that is in Charlotte because the Clippers are going on the road so that I mean the Charlotte Hornets are not a very good team right now they're 7-16 and but again they're not a team to be underestimated and you just don't know what team the Clippers are going to roll out there right now Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Luke Kennard are all listed as questionable Norman Powell was already ruled out for the game with that groin injury, which really, really hurts because he was just starting to find his stride, which that really makes me disappointed. But he was actually injured. You saw a little bit of that injury. It was just so subtle at the end of that Portland Trailblazers game in which Norman Powell had 22 points in the fourth quarter. Just sucks to see that, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, you know, some people are saying Reggie deserves a rest day. I mean, I think he does deserve a rest day, but it's like we have no choice. We have nobody right now, and they need him to play. But coming up, I'm going to be talking about the real elephant in the room. Let's address it. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, what in the world is going on? This cannot last any longer. Going to be venting some frustration out coming up. Bet Online is your number one sports source for your sports info and betting information the fifa world cup is underway and i would place your bets on brazil to beat south korea the line is minus one and a half right now minus 125 is the money line for brazil i'm sorry minus 335 is the money line for brazil right now i would take it i think they have a safe chance of winning over south korea just remember, you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all on betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can also find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. 
Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's talk about it. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. This has gotten out of hand with what's happening right now. I and I feel like a fool right now as a as your host. I was saying the Clippers are gonna win 60 games. This season's all about Kawhi Leonard coming back. It's gonna be so good to have him. And right now it's just a repeat of last season. Truly. It's a repeat of last season. Paul George played. He worked really hard. He got injured. Kawhi Leonard's out. And a lot of games are being played without both of them. And then a couple other a couple other guys getting injured as well, like role players throughout the season, which is normal. Now, if, if it's a Zubats gets hurt at any point, the Clippers are in such trouble, such trouble. Even with the ascendance of Musa recently, they are going to be, oh my God, I don't even want to talk about that. But the frustration is really setting in, and rightfully so for Clipper fans. They've been promised four years of a championship-type product. And when I say championship type product, I don't mean winning the championship. I mean contending, which is what every Clipper fan expected when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George came to town. And remember, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George did not come to town at for no price. The Clippers traded away all their picks and a current 31 point per game scorer in Shea Gilgis-Alexander for these two players. Did was all that worth it for one Western Conference Finals appearance? I would make the trade 10 out of 10 times. I really would because it's revisionist history, you know, to say it now. I would definitely make the trade. But the thing is, whether it ends up being a good trade will end up being up for debate if the Clippers do not do any better than that Conference Finals appearance. Look, I'm ecstatic that the Clippers made the Conference Finals. That was one of the best memories of my life not even just sports memories just truly one of the best memories of my life because of how long we had waited for that but if you were to tell me on july 5th 2019 when we signed Kawhi leonard and traded for paul george that the in four years time or three years three and a half years all you would have is a conference finals appearance and you'd already be doubting if you know it was a good trade then you know i think you were i would say it's a huge disappointment now, remember, I'm only saying good trade in the sense that right now it looks a little iffy because the Clippers have no future. And they, Although I'd still, let me just rephrase this, I would still take that conference finals appearance 10 out of 10 times, and I do not believe that we get there with Shea Gilgis-Alexander in 2021. I don't. But right now, we went all in for Kawhi and Paul George, and it does not seem like they're getting any younger and they're going to get any healthier in terms of the following years. They need to go out and do this this year. This is the year we were told is going to be putting it all together. And that brings up the major question, and that's why it's the pin question today. How much is it that the medical staff is being overly cautious, or are these guys actually injured? And that's the most frustrating part of all. I've been told that fans do not need to know when players, or what the severity of an injury is, when they're coming back, get an official timetable, this and that. It's only in America where, where fans get disrespected like that. Where they act like it's just they're not important. You just shut up and cheer. Actually, that's kind of an oxymoron. But, you know, stop complaining and cheer is basically what, what certain Clipper fans, kind of that, that vibe they give off. And I'm here to tell you that I won't. I'm going to tell you how it is. Can the Clippers still turn this around? Absolutely. Can Kawhi Leonard and Paul George prove me wrong and get healthy and finally get a run of games going in the second half of the season? absolutely. Am I confident in it? Hell no. 
Why should I be? What has Kawhi Leonard shown health-wise to, to make us feel safe as fans? Paul George, I think he'll be back very soon. I'm going to keep saying that. He's going to be back very soon, and he's going to be hooping like Paul George that we know. But a Paul George-led team is a first-round team right now. You know, we know this. We need Kawhi Leonard to come and be that Kawhi Leonard that we thought we were going to get and get back into rhythm. You know, I actually think Kawhi Leonard has looked pretty good this season when he's played. He looks like he just needs reps to get his legs back underneath him, and he's going to be that guy again. But every time he comes back, he gets these small injuries. I mean, he came back for two games, Lakers and Suns, on a minutes restriction, and then missed 10 straight with, you know, he re-aggravated his knee or it was flaring up or whatever. And then he comes back for three straight games and he sprains his ankle and is now out for how many? I mean, who misses this many games with a sprained ankle? That's the craziest thing. It's like It seems like Clipper players have small injuries and miss more games than anyone else. Which, again, makes me ask the question because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And everyone seems to just take the doctors, whatever the Clipper doctors say, they know better than us and that's what's right. I think every person, when, they're, when they don't seem to be producing the results in their profession, should be questioned a little bit. And I think it's not disrespectful to question the Clippers medical team at this point. A lot of fans have been calling for Jason Powell's head for so long because he's the one common denominator from the Sterling era that's still around. Now, I'm never going to get on this platform and disrespect another man at his job when I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So I am not saying that Jason Powell is at fault at all. But I am saying that the Clippers medical team and the athletic trainers and everybody need to be questioned a little bit because it is really bizarre what not only happens within this organization, but what is going on with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George right now. Kawhi Leonard just came off an ACL tear. I understand. But this is not normal for a player to come back on a minute's restriction in two games, miss the following 10, he comes back for three, and he's out a bunch of ones after with a sprained ankle. He missed the Warriors game. He missed the Nuggets game. Missed the Jazz game. The Blazers game. Like It's been like five games at this point. I... I took away the Clippers schedule, so I'm not reading it off the top of my head, but it just seems unrealistic, and I'm not going to, again, I am not saying that this is the case, but it seems unrealistic to think that Kawhi and Paul George are going to come back, they're going to find a way to stay healthy for the rest of the season, the Clippers are going to get 50 plus wins, go into the playoffs, a top three seed, and win the championship, that sounds like fantasy land at this moment in time, at this moment when the Clippers are 13 and 11. I said the Clippers would win 60 games. That was a little bit of optimism, but that was me thinking that the Clippers were going to be healthy. And right now, that makes me look like a fool. And that makes me look like a dumb host to you. And I know you probably, if you're a nice guy or a nice lady, you'll give me the benefit of the doubt and say he was just trying to be optimistic. It looked like the Clippers were healthy to start the year. But man, it's just turning out to be the same old, same old. And that's very frustrating. And it's very, like, the fans are losing interest right now, Clipper fans. They are losing interest. And you can only ask so much of the most loyal fans in the league. And that's what we are. And I am still a fan. I'm not a media member that's going to sit here and sugarcoat things for you guys. I am a fan, a diehard fan that loves this team like if I had my own kid. I love this team. And it's very frustrating to see what's going on because it's not that I don't like watching Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morrison, Zubots. It's not. Or Terrence. It's not that I don't like them play and I don't want to back them. It's that I've been promised something different. We have two guys getting paid 40 plus million and they're not playing frequently enough. In Paul George's case, I have nothing against Paul. He works hard. He got injured. You know, 
playing basketball and he plays very hard and carries such a large load when Kawhi Leonard does not play. It's Kawhi Leonard that I'm waiting for. You're the one that's supposed to be the key to our championship hopes, Kawhi. Are, are these guys actually injured? That's the biggest question. So again, pin comment today. How much are the Clippers medical staff being overly cautious and how much are they actually injured? What do you think is going on? Because here's the thing. Everyone's saying everybody want, everybody is mocking fans like myself or fans that are you know panicking a little bit and saying people want Kawhi to come back and risk injury just to get hurt again. How do you know he's going to get hurt again? And how do you know he's not going to get hurt again when the team clears him? Because we he was he was fine when he played against Utah and uh, who was that three game stand Detroit Utah and I forget the San Antonio he was fine and then he got a new injury it, against in the 2021 playoffs he had knee soreness before the playoffs they rested him he came back and tore his ACL you know why because every time you step on a court you risk injury at this point I I miss when we had Blake Griffin and Chris Paul playing hard and getting injured on the court in games, trying their hardest. It's much better than this. And the, the whole fans don't deserve transparency thing is total, totally bogus in my opinion because we're the ones that are paying to go to games. So you know what? The Clippers have only had two sellouts this year. Let's keep them not selling out because I haven't been to a game since the World Cup started. I have no interest right now in going to a game. And I know you might say you're being a fake fan. The other players like Zoo and Reggie and them deserve support. And you are not wrong. But enough's enough in terms of the organization. They need to understand that we're not satisfied with this right now. And I know a lot of Clipper fans are going to say, you would have never lasted in the Sterling era. I was here during the Sterling era. I was here for 19 and 63 when the stadium was empty. But the difference is back then, I expected nothing. And that's what Clipper fans, older ones especially, that have been there since Sterling, like me, even older, need to understand. As, a, or as an organization, Balmer has set a higher standard, a higher bar. Mediocrity should not be a good thing for the Clippers any longer. You need to hold yourself to a high, you need to hold this team to a higher standard as a fan. And you know what? I said this on Twitter and I'm going to say it on this podcast. Fan however you want to fan. I'm not going to influence anybody. If you want to be positive and say that we're still going to go all the way, please do you and spread that positive, positive energy. If you think that the sky is falling and then this is a joke, please express yourself because you deserve to, okay? Because enough's enough as well. We're 24 games into the season. I was told to stop panicking in game four when we lost to OKC. I was told to stop panicking. You don't win championships in November. Well, now we're in December. We're 24 games in and it's only looking worse. And Boston and Milwaukee are flying right now, especially Boston. So even if the Clippers get it together and are lucky enough to get it out of the West, I don't know if any team is beating the Boston Celtics the way they're playing this season or the Milwaukee Bucks because they look levels ahead of the pack. And again, I sound frustrated and I am because I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's a chore to watch these games right now. It's not fun. It's a chore because we're not making actual progress towards the end goal. This is not, I want to see a vision. You know, in 2019, we saw an optimistic team that we were like, let's, let's make the playoffs. Let's see if we can do it. You know, this is not, we're not working towards anything. We have a win now team with our win now, guy, win now guys not playing. How long can we be patient? How, I've never, again, I'm going to reiterate this. The last thing I'll say for this episode, I've seen 18 different championship formulas in my time watching basketball, plus going back in history and studying old teams. And I've never seen a formula where their best player plays five games out of the first 24 and they win the championship. That does not happen. It has never happened. 
But hopefully, we're the difference. We're the miracle that once in upon a time it's going to happen that our best player is going to not play to start the season and come back and lead us all the way. I think it's far-fetched. However, if you don't believe, what's the point of still being a fan? We got to keep believing until the end, right? And I'm going to keep sticking by this team no matter what. I know a lot of you may come at me for this episode and say you're being too negative. You know, as a host of Locked On Clippers, you're supposed to be more positive. I'm going to tell you the truth. This is how I feel right now. You can disagree. I I encourage you to disagree. I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong about this. But right now, I don't see... I don't see, like, the Clippers winning the championship. I think they can turn this around, but I don't see the Clippers winning the championship. And I'm not going to let the lack of urgency and the lack of help to start this season adjust my goals for this team. The goal was championship or bust. I said that before the podcast. I started the podcast. I'm sorry. I said that before I started the season on the podcast, and I'm not adjusting my expectations now. But thanks for joining me. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. Remember to subscribe to Locked on Clippers on YouTube and Dime Dropper on YouTube. Please help me get to 5,000 subscribers. Let's get Locked on Clippers to 2,000 subscribers. And let's comment on the pin question. How much is it the organization being overly cautious in your opinion, or are these guys actually hurt? Remember, thank you for making Locked On Clippers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.